0: Welcome to the Vocation Creation Podcast, helping you create the work you can't wait to wake up to do. Get inspired by people who have designed their own unique vocation and entrepreneurial experts sharing valuable information on starting and growing your business. Now, here's Jennifer Wenzel with Vocation Creation. Welcome to the Vocation Creation Podcast, Holland Nance, personal
1: growth and business development coach and consultant. Hi. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you for having me today.
0: Thank you so much. This is a very, uh, very special and important interview for me as Holland is my own business growth and development coach. So I'm really excited to have you here because uh, Holland
1: is uh, the reason that this podcast exists along with myself. So, Well, let me just very quickly say, Jennifer, how proud I am of you and what a phenomenal step this is in a great direction to really do what you have been born and working to do most of your life. I think some of those things we discovered in some of our dis- in our dis- oh Lord, discussions and sessions really do reveal that you are here to share information and talk with people.
0: Oh, thank you. And yes, everything can be edited, so we're okay. <laughs> Fun twister. <laughs> so, so thank you so much for that. That, that uh, means a lot. And uh, just, you know, uh, you know, too, it. It is because of your continued uh, guidance and development that I have been able to grow into this new venture. So thank you. So what compelled you to start your coaching and consulting business? How how did you get started in that?
1: One of the most compelling reasons why I started the coaching business was because I was coaching people already. (laughs) I would run into friends who would come and ask questions. They'd notice some things that I I was doing and would seek some information or even advice or encouragement. I was working in an entirely different field. And even though I had a lot of experience in that field, it wasn't giving me the sense of fulfillment. At the end of the workday, yes, I was getting a lot accomplished for the company, but that sense of well-being at the end of the day really wasn't present. So I decided to do more coaching because I was getting a sense of fulfillment. One 45-minute session a week was giving me that sense of purpose and overall well-being that 40 or more hours wasn't even starting to touch. So it was more of a necessity to give my life that fullness and fulfillment and sense of purpose, that I was seeking at that time in my life.
0: Well put. That's, that's exactly what we're bringing out here in vocation creation, that sense of purpose and building your life around something that gives you such joy and uh, fulfillment and also fulfills something in your target audience as well, your target market. Mm-hmm. So how long have you been doing coaching and consulting now? How many people have you helped grow and develop?
1: Oh, goodness, I became certified in 2013. So, wow, it's been, I think in November it'll be seven years. That's pretty impressive. I think so too. <laughs> Time flies when you're having fun, but in various um, sizes, I've done group group coaching, individual coaching, leadership development training. I can easily say I've um, used coaching to uh, assist people, for about maybe two to 300 people in those seven years in various sizes and in groups.
0: Wow. So what is something that people seem to misunderstand about what you do?
1: Hmm, That's a great question. I think, I think sometimes people expect coaches to give answers and even though sometimes we do stand in the role of mentor and even consultant or advisor, Our job as coaches is to really pull out what exists within our clients and partners. I really do consider myself a thinking partner. I am there to help you think in more broad ways and in more objective ways so you can really have insight into what's already there. Like I said about you, these things that we discovered were already present I just help you have a better vantage point to see the possibilities of those things coming forward.
0: That's really well put. (laughs) What is one thing that your work has done for a client or or helped one of your clients achieve that you did not expect?
1: Oh, yeah. There are always unexpected uh, wins, and I love to celebrate them. Sometimes we are able to... Find connections of what's happening today with things that happened much earlier in our lives. It's amazing sometimes how ex- experiences or even challenges that happen when we're much younger have impact on our lives today. And we're able to make connections. And even though I'm not in the field of psychotherapy, It's important, though, to see how some of those past confrontations, past challenges have created ideas and even frameworks for how we live our lives today.
0: That's a really good point because coaching is very future-focused, right? Not past-focused. So how Mm -hmm. do you manage when past issues start to crop up?
1: Well, a lot of people seek coaching because they've experienced challenges maybe in the recent past, that they're ready to overcome. So I am not a coach who only looks forward. Yes, we set goals. And yes, we set objectives with timeframes and action items. But it's important for me to have understanding of why these past attempts have not been successful. Because it helps us really prepare for the resistance. Right? We talk often about whenever we're trying to grow, and develop, we will experience resistance. I believe in setting plans and strategies in advance so when the resistance that we have encountered before turns up again, we'll have a ready solution to put into practice. So I don't just focus on future. I look at some of the resistances that we've experienced in the recent past, and make plans to overcome them when they show up again. They are always going to show up. I've learned that.
0: (laughs) And speaking of resistances, it makes me think of sort of um, entrenched mindsets, and I know that a lot of people think that starting your own business is difficult and will end in failure, and worse, they think there's no way that other people will pay them for anything that they care to do, so why do you think people give up before they even
1: try? Well, I tell you, it's um, that that F word. <laughs> It's a four-letter word that has caused many of us to create limiting beliefs. And that F word, of course, is fear, right? We fear embarrassment. We fear um, failure. We fear even success because sometimes our success requires us to really now operate at a higher level on a more consistent basis. And we're not always sure that we can maintain that. So addressing those limiting beliefs in advance as quickly as possible, I think, is one of the best approaches to helping people get started and see the whole process through to completion and even growth and sustainability.
0: So what is the best advice you could give to someone who doesn't think they have what it takes to create this meaningful work customized to their unique skills that we're talking about here on vocation creation?
1: Yeah, I think um, getting really attuned and in alignment with purpose. We all exist for a particular purpose and to create solutions, right? You are creating solutions for people who are looking for ways to fully engage every part of their being into a way to have a career or a business. You are providing answers for people and being attached to that purpose that you can provide answers and great solutions is a lot of what helps keep us motivated and it helps us stay empowered to push through those hard days right when people aren't responding to our outreach and marketing strategies or we have a situation where Something that we were hoping would go wonderfully well just doesn't go as well as we were hoping. But that connection and that alignment with the purpose that, yes, I am here to provide solutions will help you have the strength to keep moving each day.
0: That uh, makes me think of, I talk about having uh, a framework for building your perfect vocation, and I talk about five areas that you kind of need to look at and develop. First, determining your passion and your purpose, like we were just talking about. Secondly, designing your work environment and the structure of your work. Third, identifying your ideal client, then getting found by your ideal client, and then refining your product or your service until it fits you and your ideal client perfectly. So since we were just talking about passion and purpose, uh, is that one of the five areas that you think is most important to truly succeed in business, or would you actually say that more people could improve in a different area to be successful?
1: Well, I I agree 100% with your five areas, and I'd like to add a sixth area. Sure. And that is flexibility. Flexibility and the ability to pivot your, not only idea, but even your approach right? Because some of our clients need information delivered in different styles than maybe or what may be most suitable for ourselves, right? I'm a direct communicator. I like it straight and to the point. I don't need stories. I don't need attributions. I need statistics and I need direct facts. But others, even though that is my preferred way of receiving information, Many of my clients receive information much differently. They need the stories. They need the flower, flowery anecdotes and information that pull on their heartstrings. And my ability to quickly assess what my client or my market needs and the ability to quickly um, change or pivot my approach of delivery and offering services helps me remain f- flexible, and appealing to a larger market.
0: Hmm. That gives me something to think about. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's take a little bit of a, a change in tactic. I know a lot of people um, right now are experiencing stress and a lot of change because of the global pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what can you advise about starting or growing a business at this exact time in history?
1: Yeah, again, that pivot. And um, I'm always going through personal growth models myself. So, one of the areas of focus for me individually is adaptability. My approach and viewpoints concerning how business works right now, how leadership is exhibited, is being exposed to new ideas and the ability to be open and accepting and adaptable to new ideas and new approaches is a great way to remain um, growth focused and flexible, right? Our world is changing. Our world is going through drastic changes now. So our approach to professionalism and work environments and leadership and management is undergoing major transition. And the ability to be able to see what's happening now in not only corporate environments, but even small business environments, and be able to adapt your approach to being effective, especially when people are under a lot of stress. You're going to have to look at leadership from a different point of view, and even look at management from a different point of view.
0: What would you say specifically a person could do today. What are some resources or some um, areas of of exploration that you would recommend people take to become more flexible or adaptable or to become more adjusted to our new climate?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, There's always great um, use and power in self-examination. Right, Looking at our current level of effectiveness in today's world and whether that's in your own corporate environment or looking at your numbers if you're already in business uh, the numbers don't lie if people aren't responding to you or sales are changing or shifting then you have to look at that and examine what's the real story behind what's happening and take a fair and honest uh, and objective assessment of how you can change or modify your approach to get the results you desire. And sometimes it means just taking a step back. Sometimes it may say, well, the market is calling for a different product altogether. So maybe I try to expand my product offerings or expand my services so that I can provide what the market needs today.
0: Where do you go to stay on top of all the learning and development that it takes to do your job?
1: I, I, um, I, I do a lot of different unique <laughs> uh, research methods, right? I look at what's happening in pop culture a lot. Because Me too. <laughs> <laughs> pop culture amazingly is having a lot of influence, right? When people are now looking at screens, Pretty much about 85% of the day, and looking at streaming video, um, amateur-made video, and creating new ways to construct our culture, it's important for me to stay closely connected to that because that makes that makes for what makes us more approachable and appealing. So. Just because, you know, I like to be somewhat prim and proper in my delivery, <laughs> I have to stay attuned to current technology, current terminology, <laughs> the way our vocabulary is expanding. So sometimes if I'm doing conversations that are marketed to younger people, then my, my terminology has to include terms that they talk about right now. Exactly. Certain ways of expressing ideas and enjoyment and all of these things that are happening in pop culture. So I hang out there, but I also, you know, follow John Maxwell and uh, Tony Robbins and Les Brown and some of the um, archetypes for leadership and motivation and just achieving, um, I follow um, Lisa Nichols and all of these people who think about ways to enrich your mindsets and overall well being so that because that 's what I need for Holland to stay healthy and of course, as long as Holland is staying healthy, then yeah, I can expand my terminology and vocabulary and see what 's happening on um, a reality tv or what's happening on you know the video streams that people are making everybody's into beauty and hair i don't do anything with beauty and hair from a pro- professional point of view but because i follow some of those uh, streamers i know what concerns them so when i market to them to help their business grow i can speak their language i can be their human resources consultant to help them build their brand and build their business.
0: I personally love that now I have an excuse to you know, <laughs> watch Netflix and, and TikTok videos and YouTube and, and call it business development, so Absolutely. I like that.
1: It counts, it counts. <laughs>
0: So let's say that uh, you were working with a client and suddenly um, $10,000 basically dropped into their lap to do um, business development or specifically marketing work with. What would you advise them to do with an extra $10,000 for their business?
1: Well, I would advise them um, to understand, you know, first of all, go back to their business plan. Their business plan should have mapped out their strategic approach for where where they see their business moving and the full development of their business. And based on that business plan, is there a space that needs now a bit more investment to help that strategic approach move to the next level? So based on that, so if it's marketing or if it's new product development, if it's research and development that they need to invest in to move their business plan forward, I would say that's a great starting point to really find out where they should invest that extra money.
0: What about on the other side of the coin? Let's say that suddenly their income stream has dried up and they need to start uh, doing some outreach and marketing with zero dollars. What would you advise your client to do at that point?
1: Yeah, social media, right, is the best free marketing that the world could have ever dropped in our laps. Creating a YouTube YouTube channel is absolutely free. Um, Doing live videos and posts on various social sites are completely free. The whole method and reason for that, it it creates opportunities for you to build your audience. It's a great way for you to test material, right, with no cost. You can do three different ways to market a product or service. Post it on YouTube and see which one gets most views, right? I believe in that philosophy of shoot bullets, then shoot cannonballs. Those three different ways of marketing that product or service are your bullets. And when you see the one that's getting the best response, then if you have $5 or $10, then pay for ads so that more people can see it. It can be done with very low cost. Agreed. So
0: What are you proudest of in your work as a coach and consultant?
1: I'm proud of my clients, right? Getting opportunities to sit with people like you who started out with a great vision and did not really have all of the tools to put it into action and to bring it into existence and to be a part of now helping them take that vision to the next level. That just makes me being like this is and for us to be doing it for me at the end of my week is the perfect way to tie up a week. It says all of these days that you have um, awakened and breathed and moved and done all that you've done. It all came for this great purpose to see one of my clients take the next step in building and growing their own business.
0: Well, that makes me beam too. So, thank you for saying so. So, where can listeners connect with you online?
1: Well, I have a few ways. I have a website. My company is called Propel Coaching and Consulting Solutions. My website is propeltoday.co. I know you may be tempted to .com, but it is.co. I am on Facebook and Instagram at Nance, one word, H-O-L-L-A-N-D-N-A-N-C-E. And I can also be found on the web at my authors and speaking page, which is HollandNance.com.
0: What is next for you? Where is your business growing right now?
1: (laughs) I am um, excited about great opportunities to do more leadership development training, as well as private and small group coaching. I am also in the process of publishing, um, I think now four new titles. Um, one Four already, now? Four wow. now.
0: <laughs> I've pre-ordered one. Tell me yes. about the other three. <laughs>
1: there are. Well, there is one that is an anthology. I'm a part of a professional women's network book that uh, consists of about 15 coaches, consultants, CEOs, et cetera, et cetera, from all over the world who share information about empowering and and giving women confidence in leadership and in life in general. I write a chapter on the power of finishing and gaining the resilience necessary to endure through any process. And then my other three books are devotionals. So these are scripture-based quick ways for you to get powerful and empowering thoughts into your mind to start your day and to even meditate on throughout the day september is going to be an awesome month for book releases i expect all four of those books to come forth in the month of september so check them out thank you though for pre-ordering the uh professional women's network book because that that book will travel all across our globe and impact the lives of women and those that those women are connected with all over um, and generations to come, right? We know how powerful we are as women. We lead our families, we lead in our communities and that level of influence really is powerful.
0: Well put, thank you so much, Holland Nance, personal development and business and leadership development coach, Mm -hmm. uh, growth coach and all around extraordinary human being. Thank you very much for being here on Vocation Creation, the podcast.
1: Thank you. It's my entire pleasure. And I want to see you do and keep doing this great work. Thank you, Jennifer.
0: Thanks for listening to the Vocation Creation podcast. Join me each week for inspiration and motivation to do the work you can't wait to wake up to. I'm Jennifer Wenzel. Find more at vocationcreation.com.